Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Denise Harpster from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thank you for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we'll be discussing Mayo Clinic's Audiologene Hearing Loss Panel, test ID AHLP, with Dr. Bozak and genetic counselor Melanie Myers. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, of course. My name is Nicole Bozak. I'm an assistant professor and consultant in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology and serve as a co-director within the Laboratory of Genetics and Genomics here at Mayo Clinic. My area of focus is hereditary disorders. One specific set of hereditary conditions that I spend a lot of time analyzing are disorders related to hearing loss, both in individuals presenting with hearing loss as their only symptom, known as non-syndromic hearing loss, and those with many different symptoms in which hearing loss is just a piece of their sequelae, also known as syndromic hearing loss. And I'm Melanie Meyer, a genetic counselor working closely with Dr. Bozak to support those same specialty areas for the past seven years. In addition to my experience as a laboratory genetic counselor in our molecular lab here at Mayo, I've also worked as a genetic counselor in our cytogenetics laboratory in the past, and I've worked as a genetic counselor in a maternal fetal medicine clinic where I saw patients with high-risk pregnancies. Thank you. Dr. Bozak, could you provide a brief overview of this assay? Of course. AHLP is the test mnemonic for our lab's audiology and hearing loss panel. This test uses next-generation sequencing to detect both single nucleotide variants, small insertions and deletions, as well as copy number variants in 200 genes associated with hereditary hearing loss. In addition to next-generation sequencing, we utilize several supplementary methods to better interrogate tricky genomic regions to ensure we are capturing as many variants as possible. So thinking of our patients, can the diagnosis lead to improved care, Melanie? The short answer is yes. In general, hearing loss affects many individuals in the United States and the rest of the world. Some of the statistics state that two to five children per thousand born in the United States have some sort of hearing loss. Depending on the age of diagnosis, 50 to 80% of individuals have an underlying genetic cause responsible for their hearing loss. For many individuals, this specific test may identify the genetic cause of their hearing loss, which can then impact medical management, as hearing loss can be managed in different ways depending on the underlying cause. In addition to looking at genes that only cause hearing loss, our test also examines genes that lead to syndromic conditions in which the patient has other clinical features in addition to hearing loss. If diagnostic variants are identified in one of these syndromic genes, these results would alert the provider that in addition to managing the patient's hearing loss, there may be other organ systems that need to be medically managed as well. For example, at times patients may need to be referred to a cardiologist or other specialty provider to help with appropriate medical management. So we're really hopeful that with this test, we can help provide the information to both the patient and the provider allowing tailored medical management to be pursued as soon as possible. Knowing this diagnosis will improve care, my next natural thought is, when should this test be used, Dr. Bozak? 
This test is designed for newborns, children, adolescents, and adults, focusing in on individuals from birth to 55 years of age. The reason these ages are suggested is because this testing can be performed as soon as hearing loss is established, whether identified through newborn screening, through early childhood development, either within the school system or as patients go to their well child visits, or if adolescents or adults start to notice differences in their hearing, each of these individuals can follow up with their providers. And once suspected hearing loss is confirmed, this test can be performed in attempt to find the genetic cause, which can again guide clinical management as Melanie suggested earlier. This test should only be used if a genetic diagnosis of hearing loss in a family member has not previously been established. If it has, or if AHLP results in variants of interest for a family, we do have additional testing available for follow-up called FMTT or familial mutation targeted testing. In FMTT, we are only testing for specifically requested variants in the family. And the purpose of this testing is to identify at-risk family members or gather segregation data that could impact variant classification in specific circumstances. You have mentioned medical management for hearing loss a few times. How do the results for AHLP alter medical management? Yes, I can answer that. In order to determine the best management approach, it's most helpful to identify the underlying cause of the hearing loss. Some genes are associated with hearing loss that is due to damage of the inner ear, um, other genes might be related to the cochlea's function, and if those genes are not working correctly, it can lead to hearing loss. So hearing aids can be used to amplify sounds when hearing loss is due to damage of the inner ear, allowing patients with residual hearing to hear better, whereas cochlear implants can help spur the hearing nerve to provide a sense of sound to a person who is profoundly deaf or severely hard of hearing due to impairment of the cochlea. Additionally, sign language is a means of communication for individuals with hearing loss. All of these strategies are important, but not all work in every patient or scenario. The true underlying theme of all types of hearing loss management is that it is important to initiate the best management strategy as early as possible, because language is such an important part of everyday living. So as soon as these decisions can be made and children or newborns or young individuals can start with clinical management, it can have a huge impact in their life. But as I had mentioned previously, many of these different conditions that we test for can have other organ system involvement, which can mediate management as well. So one such example is a syndromic condition we test for called Usher syndrome. In Usher syndrome, in addition to hearing loss, which is identified very early on, patients progress to have retinitis pigmentosa, which leads to vision loss. It is important to establish a diagnosis of a condition like Usher syndrome early on because that might change how the patient is managed clinically. For example, other management options such as cochlear implants might be pursued rather than sign language as these individuals do lose their vision with time. So our goal is to provide as much information as we can so that each individual patient can receive the best management options for them. That's incredible. With our goal to provide the right test for our patients, how does our AHLP compare to the market? In general, our test is comparable to others on the market, but one specialty focus of many hereditary 
here, tests here at Mayo Clinic is pursuit of supplemental methods to interrogate tricky genomic regions. In the case of our audiology panel, in addition to next-generation sequencing, we also use multiplex ligation-dependent probe amplification, or MLPA, digital droplet PCR, as well as PCR amplification followed by TrueSeq nanosequencing. All of these additional methods are pursued in attempt to enhance variant detection in poor performing regions in the genes on our panel. We believe that adding these supplemental methods has a lot of value for both the patient and the provider. Melanie, I am curious. I see gene count can often look different from one lab to another. Does Mayo Clinic Laboratories increase gene count make a difference in diagnosis? Thanks for bringing up our gene list. As you know, we just changed our gene list from 160 to 200 genes recently. Some of these genes represent new discoveries made in the last few years, um, identifying genes that are now associated with non-syndromic hearing loss, whereas some other genes were added that represent those syndromic conditions which are extremely rare but have hearing loss as part of the condition. I think it's too soon to tell how much additional diagnostic yield these new genes will bring. However, I can guarantee that any patients with diagnostic findings in these genes will be heavily impacted by the addition of these genes to our panel. Dr. Bozak, why did we choose this many genes? This is a great question and a difficult one to answer. As every clinical lab out there, we are trying to balance adding up-and-coming genes with those that have enough evidence to truly be associated with disease. The genes in our panel are along the spectrum, trying to provide the best utility for both the patients and the providers we serve. We also keep a close eye on genes available on other clinical laboratories panels, adding those that fall in line with our philosophy and possibly skipping genes that either don't meet our clinical standards or need additional evidence to support being on a clinical panel. We have talked about providing the right test for a patient and how this diagnosis can lead to improved care. So my curiosity is, when does genetic fit into a patient's journey, Melanie? I'm not in the clinic currently, so I might not always have the best answer here, but I think once hearing loss is diagnosed, it is a great time to pursue this panel. Individuals might have a screening test or some underlying suspicion that hearing loss may be present. Perhaps newborn screening identified hearing loss, or maybe family members are starting to be suspicious that hearing loss might be present, or there could be language delay in a young child. All of these scenarios are followed up often with an audiologic exam to determine if hearing loss is present. Once hearing loss is clinically established and the provider is concerned the underlying cause may be genetic, that is likely the time that this test should be ordered. What are the benefits of doing AHLP at Mayo? This is my favorite question. Mayo has unique expertise to contribute to understanding patient results because we are an integrated practice. We can get input on a patient's clinical features or the significance of individual variants identified from some of the world's leading experts, from specialized domains, including Mayo Clinic clinicians, researchers, and clinical laboratory geneticists with specific disease focus. In addition, because we have a full service laboratory, if additional studies need to be performed to better understand the significance of various results, we can perform a lot of that follow-up testing in-house. We don't need to send out to another specialty laboratory.
Clinicians who order AHLP at Mayo Clinic also experience outstanding customer service, as we have a dedicated staff of genetic counselors available to answer questions, ranging from determination of the appropriateness of testing all the way through the process of personalized interpretation of results. So those are the advantages of ordering the Audiology and Hearing Loss Panel, or AHLP, from Mayo Clinic Laboratories. I can see how genetic testing improves our patients' journey. I just want to say thank you, Dr. Bozak and Melanie Meyer, and those who are listening for your time today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.